Welcome to Leaders of the West, a podcast for innovators and changemakers. I'm your host, Jesse Jarvis, the founder of Of the West, and I'm sitting down with agriculturalists, entrepreneurs, executives, and everyone in between with the goal of digging into the strategies, mindsets, and lessons that have been crucial to the success of ag and Western. Whether you're carrying on the next generation of your family's operation, starting something from scratch, or determined to climb up the leadership ladder, we're going to inspire you to continue to dream big, growing not just you, but the future of agriculture and Western as a whole. Let's go. Welcome to today's episode of Leaders of the West. I'm so excited to have you guys here. Thank you so much for being a listener. You are valued more than you would know. So this episode is going to be a little bit different than those that you've probably heard up until this point. We've had a lot of guest episodes, obviously, but I promised you guys that every once in a while we would have a short episode that is just me, whether it is talking about life as an entrepreneur, a wife, a mom, a business owner, you know, something that I have struggled with in life something that I've ran into in life where I feel like the experience that I now have could be beneficial to you. That is the purpose of those solo episodes. But today's solo episode is going to be a little bit different than that. So at the end of our guest episodes, you guys will know that I ask our guests the same four questions. We call them our rapid fire round. Although the questions are not necessarily rapid fire answers, they are the same questions that we ask each of our guests. So those are number one, what is the best piece of business or personal advice that you have ever been given? Number two is if you could give people any words of wisdom and you knew that they would take them to heart, what would it be? If you could go to dinner with anybody dead or alive, who would it be? And what is one quote that you lead your life by? Now, I will tell you that I have thoroughly enjoyed the answers that our guests have given up until now. A lot of them have yet to be released because we've been recording those episodes. So I know the answers, but you guys have yet to listen to them. But let me tell you, when you do get to listen to them, you are going to love them. But a few of you guys have reached out to me and have said, hey, we love that you ask guests these questions. They're so valuable in the answers that they give. But what are your answers to these questions? So today, I am going to give you my answers to those four questions. So one theme that I have really started picking up on in the answers to these questions that guests give, and you're going to likely find a similar theme in mine, the most monumental, impressionable takeaways are usually very simple at their core. And I think that so often in life when we're looking for answers, we expect them to be these big groundbreaking things. But in reality, I think that the simplest things, the things that our parents told us when we were young, right, those are the tried and true answers to 90% of the questions in life. But because they're simple, we often kind of discard them, right? Because we think, oh, no, I already know that. That can't be the answer. But it absolutely is, right? So because they are so simple, we continually need to hear them. You know, I think a lot about the quotes that our guests have given as far as their favorite quote. A lot of those are quotes that we have all already heard in life, right? That we know very well, but knowing that it resonates with them and that is the most monumental or impactful 
thing in their life, I think is is really, really important. Same with the business advice. A lot of the advice that they give is advice that we already know, but guess what? We still need to hear it because like I said before, I think sometimes what is so simple is the thing that we need to continually hear again. Maybe that's why I have to ask my kids 15 times if they will pick up their socks because it's such a simple request, right? Or at least I should tell myself that. (laughs) But I will get into my first answer for the question of what is the best piece of business or personal advice that I have ever been given? That is the best things take time. I cannot tell you who specifically gave that to me. It was probably a parent because as I said before, it is one of those simple pieces of advice that is yet so impactful and so monumental. But I can tell you that I have learned that whether it was in sports when I was in high school, whether it was in business, in growing of the West, in relationships, in waiting for Mr. Right, right? The best things take time. You have to show up every single day and you have to work for it. You have to be consistent. And we hate to hear that, right? It's a lot easier to say the best things take time than it is to hear that the best things take time. Because guess what? We want to step on the gas. We want things to fall into place. We want to be an overnight success. But at the end of the day, slow and steady wins the race. I can tell you that when we first started of the West, I was foolishly, foolishly under the impression that if you build it, they will come. Field of Dreams, Kevin Costner, you absolutely lied to me because build it and they will come is an absolute lie. They do not come. You have to show up. You have to do the pre-work. You have to do the post-work. You have to work every single day. And all of that work is going to add up. And that is what is going to make something successful. And we hate to hear that, right? Everybody does want to be an overnight success. I would have loved if we would have launched of the West's website and the next day we had thousands of jobs and thousands of employers. But I can also tell you that had that happened, if that would have been my wish, that would have crushed our business because there's no way that we would have been ready for that, right? We have slowly and steadily grown over the last two and a half years. And because of that, our company has slowly and steadily grown The number of employers that we work with has slowly and steadily grown. Because of that, we're able to do a really good job in our onboarding experience. When employers reach out and they have problems, we're able to address those. Myself or Sarah on our team, right? Like we have really good customer service because we are at a rate that we can handle ourselves. We're we're scaling at a very slow and steady rate. And that is important because we, you know, we are building those muscles just like how we've talked about and putting in the reps. And so that same thing is happening, but because the best things take time. So I don't know if you are in a place in life where you needed to hear that, but I can tell you that it is so impactful. I have it up on my wall in my office. It is something that I look at every day. I hate to read it, you guys. I really do. But at the same time, I know how true those five words are. So the next question that I ask all of our guests is, if you could give people any words of wisdom and you knew they would take them to heart, what would they be? And mine would be, seek first to understand, then to be understood. It is a principle in Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Some of you may have read that book before. If you haven't, I'll make sure that we drop it in the show notes. It is a really, really impactful book. But Seek first to understand, then to be understood. 
there are so many issues in life, whether they are among people, among our nation, among our industry, where I think that we go in wanting to tell our side of the story or we go in thinking that we've made an assumption as to how somebody else feels. But in reality, if we would seek first to understand, if we would truly sit down and genuinely listen to somebody and ask, why is it that you think that way? Or what is it that you think? Or what has led you to feel this way, right? If we really peeled back the layers on that onion, one of two things would happen. So the first is, I can almost guarantee the assumption that we made as to why somebody felt the way they did would probably be wrong, right? Because we're, we're making that assumption on, on the surface and not deep down, right? You know, you've all seen the image of the iceberg and what is above water versus what is below water. What is it that 10 or 20% of the iceberg is above water and the 80 to 90% is actually below the water? That is a great representation of humans and not just humans, but all of our problems, right? There, there are the surface level things and then there's a lot that's below the surface. And so in seeking first to understand, if we take the time to really sit down and listen to people and see where they're coming from, we can get a lot more accomplished. The other thing that's really important in that is being someone who's a good listener, because how often is it that we come across people who are great listeners? We all say that we're really good listeners, but I, for one, can tell you that I'm probably not the best listener out there, and I know that it's something that I need to work on. But when you when you genuinely give somebody your ear, you're giving them your time, but they are much more willing to, to give you a genuine, authentic answer And because of that, you're going to be able to have a genuine, authentic conversation with them. And that is something that is so missing in our world is conversation. I cannot tell you how often that we talk at each other instead of with one another. You know, let's come at this from the perspective of agriculture and Western. How often are we tasked with telling people our side of the story, right? We're very, you know... Obviously, there are a lot of misconceptions and misinformation out there about agriculture. And, you know, we know that that is why our industry is often misrepresented or not painted in a great light. But we come in and we make the assumption as to why people feel the way we do. But how often do we ever ask them, why is it that you feel that way? Or what information has led you to believe that? Or you know, what kind of questions or concerns do you have with the industry and why do you have those concerns? I think that one of the things that we would find if we were willing to do that is that a lot of their questions or concerns or reservations are probably very similar to ours. We are all just going about them and attacking those from different ends, right? We have a different plan of attack, if you will. If you think about it and flip it around, what if somebody who thought differently than you did came to you and truly wanted to understand why you had that set of beliefs. Well, first of all, that's really rare because very, very rarely does that happen when somebody genuinely wants to come and hear your thoughts instead of just tell you why you should feel the other way. But that is going to make you more willing to truly tell somebody hey, these are my reservations, or these are my hangups, or this is why I feel this way. And if you're willing to to listen, then you are also going to be better 
understood too, right? You know, and I think that that is something that is so important, whether it is in life with your personal relationships, if you and your spouse are, you know, having an issue, we all want to tell them, well, this is why I feel this way. But rarely do we first ask the other person, why are you feeling this way? The same in business, right? Whether it is an issue with your employees or you are negotiating a business deal with another company, so often we go in and we kind of try to bulldog people into thinking our way. I think that that would allow us to really shift our perspective. And honestly, a lot more progress would be made in those conversations. So if you are in a place in life where you can seek first to understand, then to be understood, I think that you are going to be a lot better off. I know that that is something I need to work on, but I can tell you that when I do go in with the intention of understanding then to be understood, if I flip those priorities around, I tend to get a whole lot more done, whether it is in progress or make a larger impact. So seek first to understand, then to be understood. Thank you for that, Stephen Covey. So the next question that I ask our guests is, if you could go to dinner with anybody dead or alive, who would it be? And this is a question that is equal parts difficult and equal parts easy for me. So if I was thinking specifically on those who are alive, I honestly cannot think of anybody who is alive right now who I would absolutely die to go to dinner with, no pun intended. You know, there's not a president that I have an interest in. There are not celebrities that I'm interested in. There's not a musician I would love to sit down with. I truly cannot think of anybody. Not to say that they're not out there. I'm sure that there's somebody if I really, really thought about it. But as far as somebody who like instantly jumps to mind, there is not. But when it comes to people who are no longer with us, so I feel like I have the hardest time choosing. So if I could pick two people, my natural would be my grandparents, Ray and Marie Thompson, which would be my dad's parents. But because you can only pick one, I would pick my grandpa, Ray. And the reason that I would pick him over my grandma, because now I kind of feel like I'm pitting them against each other in my life, is I was lucky enough to spend 10 years with my grandma before she passed. So I have great memories of her. I was able to spend time with her. So I have that with me. But I was not able to meet my grandpa Ray before he died. He died in 1974. So, you know, 20-some years before I was born. He and my grandma Marie, they are the people who started our ranching operation. But one of the things that I find so interesting about them and specifically about my grandpa Ray is that he was born in 1906. That is almost 120 years ago. And it is so interesting to me if I really sit back and think about how far our industries and our nation and the world has come since then. You know, I am somebody, if you follow me on social media or on Instagram, you know that I am really big into family history and family heritage. And I am lucky to have had some historians in our family to where I do know quite a bit about my family history. But also being somebody who, for most people my age, their grandparents are in their 80s, right? So that would mean that they were born in the 40s, maybe the 50s. For me to have a grandpa who was born six years into the 1900s, like my family and my the generations of my family are very far back in life. And so because of that, I feel like I'm not that far removed from the time of World War I and World War II and the Great Depression. And to know that my grandpa lived through all of those really striking times 
in our existence is something that I would love to really sit down and pick his brain about. But also, both my grandma and my grandpa came from families who were very involved in agriculture, you know, in mining, trapping. They were sheep herders, but they always worked for other people. And my grandma and grandpa were the first two to purchase our ranch and really build that from scratch, right? They were the the true first generation, if you will. And I am so inspired by them and the sacrifices that they made and how hard life was for them. And not just not just for my grandparents, but for everybody in that time period, right? Our ranch, they bought that in 1946. It was a completely different world then. There was a different breed of people back then too, right? People were stronger and they were tougher and they were harder workers and they were the salt of the earth. And, you know, my grandparents, honestly, they they came from nothing and they were able to build something very special that has absolutely changed our family. I know that my dad and his sister were impacted by that. I have obviously been impacted by that. Their decision to go all in and chase their dreams truly has changed the future of our family for the better forever. I wonder, honestly, if of the West would even be a thing if they had not gone all in and truly chased their dreams in wanting to be ranchers and instilled that in my dad and his sister who have then instilled that in me. I would also love to sit down with him just to hear stories of that day and age because it is so different from what we experience now. And I think that we we truly do forget what people went through back then. You know, how difficult was it to get in touch with somebody? You had to send a letter, right? Well, now you call them on your cell phone or you text them and you have an immediate answer. Even putting in roads, right? Now you hop in the road grader, but back then you had to hook up your horse to a Fresno. And I am just so inspired by all of the work that they did. And I would love to hear more stories from them. And then also probably give them a little introduction as to what life is like now, because I'm sure that he would not be able to believe it. (laughs) And then finally, what is one quote that you lead your life by? The quotes that our guests have given us, I know I alluded to this in the beginning of this episode, but they have been amazing. If you guys are not following Of The West on Instagram, we drop a lot of those quotes in quote cards that you can share in your stories or on social media. But if you're ever looking for those quotes, if they ever resonate really well with you, if they hit you right in the feels when you need them to, make sure to go over to Instagram. I can almost guarantee you're going to be able to find those quotes over there. But the quote that I lead my life by is, you're never wrong to do the right thing. It is a quote by Mark Twain, and I can tell you that it is that in a nutshell, right? It it is kind of self-explanatory. The right thing isn't always fun. It isn't always sexy or glamorous. And more often than not, I think we truly know what the right thing to do is, but we don't want to do it because it's the hard answer and it's dressed very plainly, right? But at the end of the day, the right thing is the right thing. And I think that that is something that in business, in relationships, in parenting, in internal conflict, it applies to all of it. It's an all-around cowgirl of a quote, if you will. But that is something that that leads me in all things 
whether they are business, life, relationships, that you are never wrong to do the right thing. So now you know what my answers to those rapid fire questions are. I hope this episode was enjoyable for you guys. I know it was a little bit different than normal, but now when I ask those questions of our guests, you will kind of know where my head is at in that. And I do have an ask of you. So do me a favor, ask yourself these questions, put the answers on social media, Instagram stories, tag me, tag of the West. We want to hear what your answers to these four questions are, and I'll make sure that we drop them in the show notes so that you can easily find them to refer to them so that you can use them. But we want to see your answers to these four questions. And with that, I cannot thank you guys enough for being here. You are so valued. You are so appreciated. You are the future of the ag and Western industries. And I cannot wait to see you back here next week. If you loved this episode, do us a favor and share it with someone else who might find just as much value in it as you did. We're on a mission to continue to grow and strengthen the future of agriculture and Western industries. And you spreading the word helps us make more of a positive impact. It also makes a big difference when you take a minute to go rate and review the show. We can't thank you enough for listening, for sharing, and for loving Ag and Western as much as we do. We'll see you back here for our next episode.